Welcome back to The Vibe, guys. Today's interview is a little bit different because we have my girl Deanna Spear from You Can't Sit With Me podcast. And I am so, so excited because we actually met because I was super interested in her podcast. And little did I know that she was going to become a Jewish fellow sister. And she really was with me on this journey to Judaism. And was really helpful with me through a lot of things with Hebrew school and believe it or not, you know, she's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. We really vibed and we hit it off and I thought, what better person to interview me on converting than my girl Deanna? So Deanna, I would love for you to just tell who you are and whatnot and we'll get right into everything Jewish. (laughs) First of all, thank you for saying my name right, because that's something that I struggle with. A lot of people still don't know that my name is Deanna and not Diana, so I appreciate. Of course. Um, I would like to give a little disclaimer. I'm not like a massive Jew. Like, you know, I'm Jewish because I was born Jewish, but, you know, the, the religion for me is more a traditional thing than anything else. Um, so I'm definitely not an expert, but yeah. Hi, I'm Deanna Espier. I'm the host of the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. I talk about reality TV and TV in general, Netflix, pop culture. I interview a lot of your favorite TV personalities, and I also post a lot of random shit on Instagram, including a dinosaur menorah that you ended up purchasing, <laughs> um, which basically made you my friend for life. Literally. It's a bonding moment literally our biggest bonding moment and yeah so you said that some of your audience is interested in finding out more about conversion and the process and I understand like as a podcaster it's kind of hard to jump on the mic and speak by yourself about something that's really personal to you yeah so I'm kind of here to help you along the process and And I and I really appreciate it because even as before we started I was like I just couldn't find my own groove. This is totally different for me. So bear with me. And again, this is a very different topic of conversation than I usually would talk about. And again, we're big reality TV people and whatnot. So this is a different route, but I'm really excited because I don't think it could have been a more fitting time for literally for me to have my mikvah last weekend. So Let's get started. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm like you. I definitely like the fluffier content, but sometimes I think it's nice for your audience to get to know you a little. You know, I sometimes think speak about personal things on the podcast. I just am such a fucking, can I say fucking on your Yeah, show? duh, of course. Yeah, I'm such a fucking shit show that like my stories might be a little like funnier because I always end up like doing something wrong or something crazy always <laughs> happens. But, you know, if I had done something as amazing as conversion, I would have probably spoken about it um because it's really interesting it's really it's really interesting to me as like a born jew because i don't necessarily know everything that goes into like the conversion process so it's actually very educational for me as well to talk about awesome so let's go right into it so okay for the listeners i want to know what initially made you want to convert and what inspired you to actually keep doing it until the end so for a couple years Uh, My boyfriend, uh, for the past four years, he is Jewish. But for even before him, I always, I lived in a Jewish community. I always identified with uh, Jewish people. And I always felt that calling, but I never really felt the reason to actually convert because I, you know, there there wasn't a, I didn't find my purpose. But 
you know, after dating Justin Boomer, I'll go back and forth to his name, Justin and Boomer, many a time. Um, his brother had a baby, and his name is Miles, and he's a year now, but when he was born, it really dawned on me that, you know, if Justin and I get married, I really do want to have Jewish children. I really, really right. do. I don't want any separation, and I never grew up religious, ever. Never was baptized, never anything. My sister was, so it was a really interesting dynamic. So, once Miles was born, I was, I had like this, like, maybe it was my first motherly moment of being like, oh my God, like, I really want to raise my children Jewish. And I also like, I, it was the first time, and I've been, again, with Jewish families my entire life from 29. It was the first time that I was like, I really want to be part of what everyone yeah. is feeling and going on. Like, I went to his bris and I was like, oh my God, like, this is, and if anyone doesn't know what a bris is, it's a the cutting of the penis um, for a baby boy. But no, it was just things that, yes, yeah. yeah, circumcision. Um, uh, but I just, I really wanted to be a part of the bigger picture, not just be there for, you know, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, whatnot. Like, I really wanted right. to dive into it and understand everything that went down. How old are you, by the way? Because it's like, it feels to me like you're so young to be in such a serious relationship. Maybe it's because I'm like old and not in a relationship. I am 29 and it's funny oh, because... Fuck. Okay, I thought you were like 21. No, I'm 29 and... Oh, so you're like, you're in that stage where you're like, ugh, I feel like I want a baby and you'll like, see... Like, yeah, like, like sometimes I feel like that. Like, yeah, sometimes I'm like, I have baby fever to the max. Like, I'm like, oh my God, give me your children, like want them, need them. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm 29. I met Boomer in college. We went to college together. He's a year older than I am. His brother also went to school with me. So we just are all very close. And, you know, we hooked up in college and it didn't work out. We were just really drunk college kids. And then we, his brother actually came to my yoga class and like years later and was like, oh my God, you live in New York? And I was like, yeah. And that's how we rekindled. So it wasn't, we started dating when I was 25. So, right. um, you know, at that age, I never thought, oh my God, I'm going to convert. Like I'm, I'm going to totally do this. Do you know what I mean? I never, I never thought that literally until Miles was born was the moment that I was like, oh, something in my whole body and mind has shifted. And it was right. a very weird feeling. And so you said that, like, your family is not religious, mm -hmm. but is it something that they kind of supported? Like, because I know it's kind of a problem when it comes to conversion. Like, the family is not always in agreement with the decision. And also, as part of that question, which was not in your notes, but I, I still want to ask it's you. It's okay. Is it more, did, did you feel that you want to convert more for the social aspect and the family aspect and the traditional aspect? Or do you really, like, believe in, like, God? Because I'm going to be fully honest. Like, I'm not super of a believer of everything that I read in the Torah. Mm -hmm. But the traditions are more, like, important to me. Yeah, so I I will agree with you that I think there are a lot of cultural and, like, social aspects that definitely drew me to this. But at the also, I have to say, after this 10-month experience, is Luna there? <laughs> I thought no, you were looking no, at Luna. Luna's not in London uh, with me. Oh, I thought I thought you were looking at Luna. Um, but yeah. I, I, 
no one in my eye was no one in my so I think you know that if anyone doesn't know my father passed away when I was 10 years old so that already negates like half of a family that doesn't need to be told of what I'm doing and my mother grew up very Catholic and I think my mother had a lot of Catholic guilt like just of wanting to be a good Catholic girl so you know when it came to and I never grew up Catholic so it was a very interesting dynamic so when it came to me converting and me telling her a part of me felt bad because I was like, oh my God, she probably wanted a Catholic like family. But at the end of the day, she never showed me that. So like I, when I told her, I, I, I remember being like, I hope this doesn't upset you. And then I immediately took it back. And I was like, this shouldn't upset you because this is what's going to make me happy. And like you do what makes you happy. And you know, I think ultimately for her, she knew that all of my life, like missing my dad and whatnot, I'd been searching for something and I'm a yoga instructor and I'm always journaling. I'm trying to think of the bigger reason. So for her, she was like, and I love therapy. And she was like, if this is your, if this is the next thing you need to like find what fills your soul, then like, and those weren't her words. Those are my words. Um, but the, but you know, do it. And you know, it was, it's, it's a 10 month process. So it's like, someone says do it, but you, you know, it's not till the end where someone is really like, oh my God, you really did it. You know what I mean? But no, nobody in my family was like offended by any means or like, again, I only have my mom. So it makes it a little bit easier, but no, she wasn't offended. She's actually really proud and really happy. And she's really, you know, when you mention God, it's not that I'm, I'm still like, I'm very overwhelmed. I'm still like still shocked over the whole process, but I believe in a higher power for sure. No doubt about it. And, you know, throughout my readings and throughout the history that I learned, I definitely agree with so much, but I think it's going to take me a little bit more time to fully come back to the God question, just because like, I think I need to let this sit, like settle a little bit and marinate and like, kind of digest but I don't think I would ever have continued to do this if I didn't believe in something a little bit bigger do you know what I mean right 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 right, 100% and you know there's kind of like a negative connotation that comes with converting and the conversion process because a lot of people I mean I've been told that before you know it's very like racist to not accept people that aren't Jewish into your family Mm -hmm. so what and I kind of disagree with that in away and kind of agree with it in a way as well yeah but I kind of want to know if you know your boyfriend was like you need to be Jewish or was there anything that made you feel like you had to or was it purely like and you can be honest no no totally so I will never forget telling him in Miami (laughs) last July as I'm looking at the July calendar I remember telling him because I had met with rabbis on my own and I, I, again, I want to do this for me, but yes, I totally knew other families who had a Jewish husband and a non-Jewish wife. And like the mothers were totally like they were having kids and they were totally upset. So Justin, I told him in July that I had met with three rabbis and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I, I think I want to convert to Judaism. And he was obviously so happy and I think with Justin is that he would never have asked me to do it. You know what I mean? I think he would have never asked me to do it, but I think he would have wanted me to. And I say that because it's interesting on our ride home from the mikvah, the mikvah was three hours from the sit from New York city. I, he was just saying how grateful he was that I did do this and that we were on the same page. 
And like, I'm right. even, I'm, even though it's only been two days, it's like, it's such a weird feeling of being on the same vibe of something that like has literally, that, that was the one thing that kind of separated us for a really long right. time. And like, it's going to be really nice to celebrate those holidays and whatnot. And like, be Jewish and like I know I'm still like shocked when I say that to my own self but like you know he never he never once asked me and I think now if you were to ask him like would you have wanted her to convert um I think he would still say it would be up to her but I think he's very very happy that at the end of the day you know god willing we have children they will be jewish and it's just going to be a seamless you know i don't the the one thing i really wanted was to not be having to do the conversion process while being engaged like i wanted to enjoy like i want to enjoy all of those life processes on their own not doing because this was a lot of work you know on my own it was like being back at school i wouldn't want to do that while celebrating life um so wait I have a couple questions and I'm not uh okay so congrats because you've been Jewish for like two days now (laughs) Um, it's really crazy it's so crazy for people who are thinking about you know doing it or converting um can you tell us a little bit like about what the process is like yes obviously the the cliff notes version the process is super interesting so you know, everybody, every, every adult that you meet will have their own, they're like, go to my rabbi, go to this rabbi, go to this rabbi, go to that. What I realized about that was that me, Alexa, always should do what I think is right. So after meeting with the people that certain people wanted me to meet with and me realizing it wasn't the vibe, I did my own thing. I researched as everybody should. Everyone should do their own research, just putting it out there. Because listening to other people and what they have done is like, not really doing it wholeheartedly for yourself. So what I did was I really researched. And also, I don't know if anyone knows this, but when you go to shul, you should be at a temple that is walking distance so you can go to shul and temple. Um, So I actually found two synagogues that were by my apartment and I went to them and I vibed really, really hard with this one rabbi. And what I ended up finding out about this rabbi and this synagogue was that it was the first LGBTQ uh, synagogue in all of New York City. So obviously that was like, you guys are clearly opening and welcoming. They were conservative, loved that. And they had a cohort and a cohort is a group of non-Jewish people combining together to start a a Most people don't know what that is. And, um, and yeah, so I decided on the LGBTQ one because I felt it was so open. And that's also very me to like stay very progressive. people, People don't realize, but there's a huge difference between like being you know, a Jew and like an Orthodox Jew, they're almost like two different kinds of religion. Mm -hmm. So there's a part of the Jewish religion that is like, we encourage conversion and we want to diversify the community. And we think it's a good thing to have more people join the community. Absolutely. So different to the Orthodox Jews that are more like closed off and not accepting. And they're very judgy of the way other people practice Judaism. I mean, it's very, 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 no, but you're very, very right. And if anyone wants like a a deeper uh, look on that, they should highly watch Unorthodox. I don't know if it's on, on, is it on Netflix? I, I urge everybody to watch Unorthodox. If you, if you listen to this and you're confused about a few things, you will be enlightened beyond belief. But I feel like in a way it doesn't show our community in a positive light because it kind of reinforces that image of us that is like very like to ourselves and secluded and like a lot of people don't understand that not all Jews are this way. Like, come on, like But that's that's, but that is such a shaved 
okay. But that's just one very tiny, tiny part. And, like, if you live in New York, that's in Brooklyn. I don't know where, like, in L.A., where the most Orthodox Jews live, but... We have some. Yeah, so here we have a lot in, in Brooklyn. There's, like, a big, big community there, but... I urge everyone to watch Unorthodox if you're just unfamiliar with the Jewish religion and whatnot. That is the highest form of uh, Judaism that one could go. But, and I am, what would, conservative is like, I mean, conservative is, nothing is compared to Orthodox. You change your whole like life, hair, every single thing. And that's also part of this that you have to remember is like, you, you're, a lot's changing for you. So you also don't want to change every part of who you are for for one thing and that's why it was really important for me to join this synagogue and so you know the thing that i this is i'm going off of it's fine we don't even need to go on let's just let's go free fall free for all free okay great 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 great. so you know there's a part the way that i view conversion obviously because i'm born jewish i don't actually know 100 percent what it entails but the way that i see it is they come and they like redo your kitchen and they like make your kitchen kosher and all these things and like what happens if you want to become Jewish, but you don't necessarily want to be that level of Jewish? How I, does that work? I think that's your. I think that's your choice because here I, I, I've ne- I mean, my rabbi never once offered to like come here and be like, "This is what you do." We just learned right. how to do that. But um, I think, I think, uh, I th- I'm going to speak on my synagogue itself. I think they're just very progressive and they understand that, like you know, where maybe it's because it's New York. We, we don't have two fridges. We, we don't have enough space for certain things, whatever it might be. But yeah. when it came... when it maybe ca- it's just a synagogue. Like, it depends what synagogue you go for. Totally. And I also think, you know, they want... They do want you to become kosher. Like, they definitely totally do. But it, that's a very hard... I feel like that's a, pra- a part of Judaism practice that, like, that'll be years down the line of, like, me really get... I've it's very, never been kosher. It's never been it's, kosher. It's still something that's extremely hard. I've like it's a very hard practice to start, but that's one thing that I will say that they didn't like put on us hard. But they do urge, like you know, even at the end of my conversion, he was like, Alexa, like don't forget to maybe try being kosher for a little, because since COVID, there are no synagogues for the next year, so it's not like we're gonna be. I'm not that was my next last time seeing him for a really long time. So yeah, they yeah. I wouldn't say they they put they they urge you to try to be kosher and whatnot, but they didn't push it. But I also think that's my synagogue. And so what were your friends' reactions when you told them I want to become Jewish? Did people judge you? Did you get some negative criticism? Yeah, I totally got judged. I, you know, my best friends obviously were beyond supportive and nothing but that, but couldn't tell you how many people are like, oh my God, you're doing this for Boomer. You're doing this so you can get a rock on your finger. You're doing this for this. And I'm like, you literally don't know me at all to think that at all whatsoever. Like, But let's not lie. There's a part of you that was like, I see myself getting married to this 100%, guy. A hundred percent. But like, you also have to remember you're, I'm doing, I'm doing, I knew that I was doing this for me for 10 months. I wasn't doing this to get a ring on my finger. I wasn't doing this to get engaged or any of that. I was doing it so that again, knock on wood, we get engaged. I wouldn't have to do all of this again. And listen, at the end of the day, and my rabbi has this conversation with everyone, if you and your partner end up breaking up, because sometimes this process does make people break up, would you still want to be Jewish? And that's a big conversation that's to be had from like the start to like November, because that's the hardest months of like, of like, you know, 
someone who's Jewish and talking to someone who's non-Jewish and like the arguments that do come up with it. Um, but no, I would say people were very judgy. Again, my friends were amazing. Um, people were extremely judgmental. I would say that was the top thing that came up a lot was, oh my God, you're doing this for him, for like a bigger ring, for a blah, for a this. And I'm like, you're all really absurd and you don't know me, but that's fine. Um, I would say the, it was really, really tough. I stopped telling people. I remember in, in September telling people and then getting a bad reaction and not telling anyone until like December again, because I was like, I just like, I, it made, it discouraged me. Like I was like, honestly, for all of you Jewish people that I'm talking to about this, you're being really like, like surface level about this when this is really deep for me, you know? So I didn't, I didn't expect anyone to understand, like, I can't, I, I understand that people see converting for somebody else as like the next step of whatever. But for me, it was really two things. It was for us. And it really was for me because I never had spirituality besides yoga in my life. Right. And do you feel like now that you've converted, um, your boyfriend feels like a bit more pressure to like get engaged or does he feel like it's gonna happen soon? Like, do you feel like it's kind of changed that dynamic a little bit? Um, I don't know yet. Again, it's been (laughs) two days, but, and I literally have been like the most emotional, silent, weirdest me that I've ever been. I think it's just like so much, like feeling so many things. Um, I don't think he feels pressure. I'm really not a pressuring kind of human. Um, I, I, I didn't ask him, but I'm sure part of him is, you know, I would hope a part of him is thinking like, she's gonna be such a good Jewish mom, like, she's gonna, like, like, I'm, like, it's, I, I, I hope he's excited, I, I don't want to put any pressure on anything, but I, I would think that this definitely adds a level of, like, excitement, and adds a level of, like, who she, yeah, like, who she is Jewish now, like, it's, it makes it a little bit lighter, but I don't know when, I don't know when anything or anything will happen, but yeah, I definitely feel like, even in the last two days, like, I can't express the feeling, but it's like a feeling of connection, like deeper that like, I don't know, but no, I don't know. I don't know if he feels more pressure, but I think he definitely feels like, I feel like this might sound really weird or bizarre, but I honestly feel like he respects and loves me like, like more than he did Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Do you, can you name one thing that was like the hardest part throughout the whole process? Besides learning Hebrew? Learning Hebrew is not that hard. It really, no, it really is hard. It really, really? it really, it was very, very, I mean, very I don't hard. I know Hebrew, but I hear it's like an easy language to, to, to learn. I beg to differ, and I speak Spanish. Okay. You also speak other languages as well. Um, yeah. I thought the Hebrew part was very hard for me, but I'm also a big teacher's pet and like need to like, like a, I'm always a straight A student. So if I don't like get something, like I'm frustrated. Do you know what I mean? Right. So Hebrew is really hard for me, but you know, I love history and I really enjoyed all that, but I would say the toughest part for me was Hebrew. And I want people to also know one of the toughest, it's not the toughest parts, but you're 
going to Hebrew school once a week for three hours, and then you're also going to temple on Fridays and shul on Saturdays. So it's a big time commitment. And I think people forget that. And it was my time commitment, not Boomer's time commitment. So I think people forget that. Like, he is not the one who has to go to Hebrew school. I do. So I think yeah. that was also a tough thing because when you're a yoga teacher and you're freelance and you're trying to do all of these things and then someone cuts out three hours of your evening on a Tuesday night that like you get work done, it's that that may have been Hebrew and time management became was definitely the hardest part of this, I would say. Gotcha. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce this in English, but I want to know what the mikveh, mikveh? Mikveh. Mikveh, because we say mikveh in French. Um, what was it like for you? And I know that you had some like time constraints because of COVID and stuff. So it was really interesting. So mikvahs are usually a closed center. Only women are allowed. Well, it's usually a woman with a woman, man with a man. Um, but it's like, kind of like imagine a spa jacuzzi type vibe. Um, and because it's of not COVID, as fancy. no, not as fancy at all. And like you go in naked and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's very religious. So I didn't get that experience because COVID happened and everything closed, obviously. So a lot of my friends, and I'm going to name one in particular, were getting married and they like needed to be, they, we were supposed to be Jewish a month ago, but they really like needed to be Jewish. So my rabbi was thinking of the best ways and the best thing he could think of was to go to Camp Ramah, which is a Jewish camp so that we could give all the proceeds to the camp and for everything that they need going on. And we, it was, it was a different experience than anyone will ever experience because most people don't do it outdoors, but we went there, um, it was a three hour drive. We talked a lot on our way there <laughs> and, uh, you know, you go, you talk to the rabbis, you declare that you, that you're willing to do all of this. This isn't someone forcing you. You go into the water. It's like the Beit Dean, which is three rabbis around you and, they give you a moment to meditate, think about everything before you're going to submerge into the water. And it's interesting because I wasn't going to do that. My rabbi literally saw me like go like, <gasps> like under the water. And he was like, no, 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 no. Think about something. And it's like, he was like, think about the past year. And I honestly, Deanna, it was crazy. I thought about the past year and I was like, tears just streaming down my face and I was like I'm ready and I submerged and I like came out like hysterically crying and the video you guys got to see was my second time because you go in twice why did you cry like what was the it thing was that like I like could cry now thinking about it it was like I just felt like it was like so many years of like like I let go of so many like suppressed emotions and like like, I don't know, I I had a really weird childhood growing up and it was, I like honestly for the first time ever, and I'm somebody who goes to therapy often, it was the first time that I felt like this like serious release of emotions. And like it was even the way the rabbi looked at me and was like, Alexa, I know you have like something to let go of, like think about it before you just do it. And it was also that moment of like think before you do because it was... It was so, as you can see, I'm like crying right now. It was so moving and like, it was so necessary to take that moment and to like look at my own life and like everything. And like, I went in and I like feel like I came out and like layers were like ripped off of my body. And like, I felt like, I, you can ask <laughs> Boomer, I literally blacked out. I know every prayer, everything. Like my rabbi was like, um, let's do the Shema. And I was like, 
I like was just hysterical, like just like blacked out fully. But it was just like one of those, it was, I don't expect everyone to have that same exact moment. But for me, it was like, I just let go of so much shit. Honestly, like it was like, like it was a new chapter and like leaving. And like, I know this is also going to sound super weird, but like having boom, because Boomer luckily was allowed to be with me there and having him like right behind me and seeing that was like something nobody ever will experience, you know, like no one will ever have seen me in that like state and like, you know, having all him and the bait D and do the horror around me. And like, it was just like a very emotional wild moment like of like really letting go and like that's also it made me it made me realize that I did the right thing right and like what kind of person would you recommend this to do you recommend conversion for someone who has a Jewish significant other or do you recommend it to just the average person who's looking for some purpose like would you recommend it for anyone so I'll give you two stories there's a couple there's a, a guy in my class who converted for his fiance and he was lovely he's from australia love him nearly dearly um he had his conversion sunday too congrats james um but it's very it's very interesting i think you know i think when he went into it he was doing it because he was marrying into a very jewish family um but then there are other and mind you he ended up loving the experience so much you know it really is such a wonderful experience but then there are other people in the class who for instance this one woman had tried greek orthodox had tried buddhism had tried like atheism and now she was trying to be jewish and it was that was something to me that i was like what are you looking for (laughs) like i'm like i don't even know if religion is what you're really looking for so it's interesting there were people who definitely were like looking for something but in my opinion if you're gonna do something you have to feel it deep down within because it's a it's school it's a commitment it's a big deal so i wouldn't just be like oh jump into this and do this but i would say if you're feeling it meet with a rabbi talk with them and see what they feel about like if if maybe because sometimes a rabbi would be like no you're not ready yet do you know what i mean like you're not really right. serious about it yet And that happens to a lot of people and they get offended, but like the rabbis are usually right. They can like tell if you're in there for a rush or if you're in there for a ring, they can tell what you're there for. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you can't like really get past them. But yeah, I would just say like for anyone who's looking in, I wouldn't, if you're looking for just a spiritual guide, I would look into probably talking to every type of religion because I don't know if it's just Judaism that you should look into. But for me, I had the, as you can see, my social and world and everything is around that. And I believe, and I believe in that. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously I feel like an extremely terrible Jew because I'm not the best at practicing Judaism. (laughs) I'm a very like reformed Jew. Um, do you feel like a hundred percent completely Jewish now, or do you feel like there's always going to be a part of you that's like not Jewish? Because I feel like I'm just, I feel like I was born Jewish, and I have that like Jewish privilege, but I feel like I'm not worthy of it because I'm such a terrible <laughs> Jew. You know, it's funny. I've been thinking about that myself because I feel like I wonder when the like the first time I'm like, oh, I'm Lexa, I'm Jewish. Like I haven't had that moment yet. Um, you know, I I don't know yet, but I definitely feel worthy 
of being a, a Jew, especially a yeah. conservative Jew. I feel, I feel I have a lot more to prove, obviously. Duh, naturally. I feel, I, I definitely feel I have, like, you know, even with the high holidays coming up, I'm like, I have something to, like, bring to the table here. But, you know, I... No, I'm not. I would never allow anyone to minimize my uh, Judaism. If that's like what you're no, kind I'm of. No, I'm asking how you feel. Oh, I feel. I feel. Who cares about what everyone? I, I feel Jewish. I, no, but I thought you meant like if someone would think like you're not Jewish no. enough. No, I feel. I feel Jewish. I feel like I've done the work. I identify, which I think is a big thing, is being able to really identify and connect. You know, like even like that's a big part of it, identifying and connecting. So, yeah, I would say I do feel Jewish. But if you asked me this in April, still wouldn't be there. I would still be like, eh, I don't know. That's all I had. I think this is what we this is like this is great to know for myself as well, because I didn't know about the process and the length of it and the time commitment. Yeah. And it's really good to know. Uh, Okay. Um, Um. no, 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 that was you. That was your Google invite because you were supposed to do this later. <laughs> Oops. But, we started a yeah. little early. Thank No, yeah, no. Thank you so much for allowing me to interview you on your podcast. Any, any, other, any other, like, questions that you had in mind that, like, you think a few people would be interested in? Or any, like, ones that you may think were that I didn't put in there that you're like, we need to know? <laughs> No, also, I don't know, because I'm Jewish, so I know what rabbis are like, I know what those things are like, but I guess to someone who doesn't exactly know, I mean, there's only so much you can say on a podcast, if someone really wants to find out about it, there's like millions, like there's too many resources for us to even mention, do you know what I mean? Totally, I guess, I guess what I would say for like any Gen Z or millennial looking to like convert is, you know, be yourself. Like, I understand if you're maybe going into a family who's super Jewish and they really want you to do it. Don't feel pressure, though, if you're not ready because it is a commitment. And it's also, like, you don't want to fakely do something for somebody else. Well, I think the way you went about it is the right way because instead of feeling that guilt of, like, I'm leaving who I am behind, you felt like a release. I I did. that's, like, yeah. So I feel like that's the right way to go about it. You know, I've had so many stories about family members of mine who were going to marry people who weren't Jewish and wanted them to convert and you know their significant others were feeling like they were leaving themselves behind and a big part of themselves behind and it didn't work out because that's one of the examples of situations where conversion is not the right fit so you know it kind of sounds like to me you've done the right thing for you and that's the whole point of it you know what I mean I think once you start thinking of conversion to please someone else or to fit in a certain mold that's when things can get a little ugly and just not healthy and and that's why I mentioned that like the first three months of it are definitely tough because it's like it's different you're like entering someone else's world and they're not totally ready for it yet either and like yeah it's it's you know what it is it's really great it really I'll leave you with this it it gave us great communication skills it made boomer realize that as open as i am to opening up to his world he has to open up to my world um and ultimately i think it made us so much stronger in the sense that you know many people i don't know anybody who has i really really don't i know one other person who's converted other than james in my class who has converted for somebody else and 
it's it takes a lot of love like you really gotta love that person a, a lot and like you really have to love their family too like it's not just like you're doing this like yes I did it for myself but you have to have a lot of love for the people that like you're honoring and respecting that inspired you to do it yeah and I like even made sure to tell his parents I'm like I hope you know that the love like I get from you guys every day and even my Jewish friends and even you like anytime all the love that I receive from you guys is just so special and that is what made me want to become Jewish and actually I know what I want to leave this off of I felt that my mikvah was so serendipitous because as you know Deanna I didn't have my mikvah was supposed to be like a month and a half ago and they didn't know what they were going to do and then all of this anti-Semitism got brought up, you know, with Deshaun Jackson and so much. And, you know, I'm also Colombian and I have been speaking out on Black Lives Matter nonstop. And when this, you know, when all this anti-Semitism came out and whatnot, I was like, I got, I'll never forget, I got the email that I got my mikvah date. And I was like, what a time to be Jewish. Like I, and this is a moment where God comes in. God wanted me to be Jewish throughout this time. God knows that I can be a voice for my Jewish brothers and sisters and my black brothers and sisters and my Hispanic brothers and sisters. And I feel that it couldn't have been, I feel like maybe that's why my emotions are so strong because so many things in the world are going on right now, but I feel like it was really meant, like I, I really was meant to be Jewish. And like, I was really, it happened at this insane time in the world and like, Literally the same day that there were so many anti-Semitic quotes out there, I got my mikvah date and I just feel that that's a really big testament kind of to who I am also. Like things really do happen to me in a really unique way and how it's supposed to be. So yes, I want to end this by just saying I am so, so happy to be Jewish. I urge everyone again to watch Unorthodox and kind of get a vibe. That's not what I did. But I want everyone to just, you know, know that love is a real thing and don't be afraid to, if that's something that your love life may entail, don't be afraid of it. Talk about it. Even if you guys need to go to therapy over it, like it's important. It's something that's a real thing. And I am so glad I did it. I'm so glad. And I know James as a male, I feel like the male perspective is nice to have. He is so happy he did it. And again, he's from Australia. So he actually, I don't know if his like group of friends are Jewish or not. So it's a little different for him. But yeah, I just, you know, I have to say I'm really excited to be, I'm excited and proud to be Jewish in this time. And welcome to the tribe, bitch. I'm so fucking excited. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me, Deanna. I really can't like imagine anybody else having done it. And thank you for guiding me because I'm, I was flustered to begin with. <laughs> no, you were great. Thank you for letting me do this. I love being a spokesperson for the Jews, although you, I am you, the worst Jew in the world. <laughs> no, you are not. You really, guys, she got me to get this dope menorah that I will show later. And again, thanks for being such a light during my, you know, there. I talked to you a lot during this time. and You, you gotta were... do it with a bit of sense of humor as well. I know it's a serious thing, but you gotta enjoy it. You gotta get yourself the dinosaur menorah. A hundred percent. And it was like having friends like you who like made this so much more fun for, for my own self. Because there were times it was very serious. And you're right, you do need to have fun with it and get something funky and have an excited moment a little bit. And, you know, again... I urge everyone to do what they love. And if you love somebody and it really mad matters to them, bring it up, talk about it. And, you know, love is love. And 
my Jewish given name is Ahava, which is love, which I couldn't be more grateful for. And I hope that this podcast found you well and gave you some answers that maybe you didn't know about. So thank you so much, Deanna. I love you so much. Leave her a review, please. (laughs) Thank you. Just want to put it out there because... You're the best. Have the vibiest day, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. And it's not Shabbat Shalom today, but we're saying it anyway. (laughs) 